International. both like trying to are we recording now yeah oh okay <laughs> tell me about this acrostic poem there's an acrostic poem that is uh i i feel like i'm real quiet let me hear okay l is for the way you look at me that's an acrostic poem that's just like oh I, technically yeah or the only but dang he was stretching it because he had to make a whole sentence for each word yeah that was like uh v is very very see he did the very extraordinary e is more than anyone that you'd adore and love i'm just thinking of the parent trap now <laughs> my, my favorite acrostic that's ever been done was the one that patty harrison did there's a video of it on youtube uh-huh. where it's she's doing the name patricia and it's about her cat named Patricia but really what it is is like she abducted uh, Patricia the actress that played uh, Ray Romano's wife on Patricia Heaton? Yeah. <laughs> it just gets more and more like ridiculous as it goes on in the last A is like A is for accidentally kidnapping award winning star Patricia Heaton but like it's it's beautiful and everyone should know about it that go. sounds I can't believe Patricia, Patricia Heaton was just on the top of your brain <laughs> I think that's what makes it so funny is it's just so obscure it's like it's because i was about to say patricia belcher again since we've been talking <laughs> i said her nephew looked like patricia belcher yeah is that the person from bob's burgers i don't uh, know who that is no i didn't get any of the their drugs. last name she's is belcher just this old black lady who's in a lot of movies so just oh so she a, is real yeah but just keep in mind that he said my beautiful newborn baby nephew looked like an elderly black woman <laughs> like, in, it's just the wrong category of person to compare him to i mean newborns do look weird but Patricia Belcher is usually like playing like the district attorney on some sort of crime procedural. <laughs> Probably not what the baby looks like. No, then. Where she's just I think like, I'm on Jasmine's side. Thank you. She's like, I would love to grant you a search warrant, but I need more proof. And then she walks away and you're just like, man, she's tough, but she's fair. I almost, <laughs> I almost wore my best on ever shirt. Like I almost, I was like, I'm like, I don't need this kind of abuse from Kai. And I literally grabbed whatever else was clean, which was this leopard print shirt. So I still look like somebody's on. <laughs> okay, what's your nephew's name? <laughs> oh, I love his. I love him. Um, he has a name that I don't personally love. It's a uh, Albert Curtis Black the Fourth. So, oh my god, my little my sister's gonna be so mad at me for that. Saying, sounds like a butler, right? Or or like a count. Like it's just I just feel like kids shouldn't have names that are that long. And like how long are they? And I asked them, I was like, how long are you supposed to keep doing this? And I, <laughs> do they call him Albert or are they gonna call him Al? They call the deal? they call him you Albert can Curtis. Call me oh, they call him Al. Albert Curtis for short, which is a lot of letters for short. You That's know what I mean? Short. It's not short. I've got a one syllable name, and even I have a nickname. You know, really, what's short for Hope? Well, nothing, but Hopi, Hope. Poe. My siblings call me both of those things. Poe? Oh, that's adorable. Po, yeah. Like the, the Teletubby? Mm-hmm. And my brother Griffin is Buddy. 
Oh, that's cute. Here's a challenge for all the listeners. If you can uh, come up with a nickname for Kai that's even shorter than those two letters, I will be drastically impressed. How about KY, like the lube? <laughs> when we were in San Antonio, or not San Antonio, in Laredo, he actually like said that. So it's Kai, KY, like the lube. Because <laughs> I'm so used to people. I'm so used to people. You were out in these people. streets talking about lube with strangers. Because everyone in the fucking world, when I'm like, oh, I'm one of the comics, and my name's Kai, and they're like, oh, oh, oh like the lube you're a comic i can say that to you your name's like what people rubs on their junk right and i'm like i don't people have actually done that to you so many the and only reason like, i said that is like to try to prevent the joke from happening in the future <laughs> like my name is hope you know like i hope this ky lube is good <laughs> oh uh, hope has anyone ever like used your name in a hit on like to like come oh at you? Yeah. yeah what's the cheesiest one you ever got Oh, just, I hope you're having a good day, Hope. Oh. Hope, hope, hope. People use hope all the time. And sometimes, sometimes it, bo- it bothers me when people say hopeless. That's something that get, does get on my nerves. Oh. But other than that, I don't really care. Like, I don't have a problem with it. My name is a word. It should be made fun of. <laughs> Speaking of hope, if you're just joining us for the podcast, this is another extra episode. I See, I tried to combine episode and extra. It's another episode of Extra Salty. Yay! As always, I'm Jazz and Ellis joining in studio. And I'm Kai Krabs. And that voice that you're hearing, uh, you've already figured out her first name is Hope. That is uh, Hope Carew. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Hope. So thanks, thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We did that in unison and I'm like, was, oh, Oh, I don't want to be those people. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> One of us. <laughs> God. They're moving in unison, too. Oh, speaking of come-ons, the worst one I ever got with my name, because Jasmine shouldn't be a name that you can do that with, but this guy who's super drunk, he comes up to me and goes, Jasmine, so what do I have to do to get your magic carpet? <laughs> <laughs> Slept with him. Did I? I'm like, <laughs> not proud of it. I was going to, I was, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's still sleazy, but he, he not bad. It depends on who it is. Yeah, yeah. He, he thought about it. He he drew some lines. Like no, he made a little web in his brain, like a little word like association map. Super gross. Like, well, yeah, I can judge based on what he just said. To yeah, you. like he watches too many Disney movies for an adult man. <laughs> for that to be the first thing he thinks of. He was just really into cunnilingus-based puns. He had a tongue ring, and it was like his personality. You know, what I'm like you know what I mean. Like I eat pussy. So he was into punnilingus. The, oh, ew. God. Anyway, guys, this is gonna be the last. Episode of Extra Salty <laughs> because Kai has to has a holding deal with KY and has to go make these commercials. Um, so one of the things we like to kick it off with uh, with why do I call you Carew? It's not your. You can call me Carew. Like we're on a baseball team, Carew. I, I once got an email that said, "Hey Carew," from a stranger, just a stranger. Um, emailing me, calling me Carew. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> I like it. It's if Ms. he Carew. can do it. <laughs> So one thing we like to do is we like to kind of like start it off by talking about reasons why we're salty. Um, so I'm going I'm to kick it to Kai first. Okay, because I got a good one. Really? What are yeah. you salty about today? So this is probably like a little bit heavier than what we usually do at the top of the show. But I recently, uh, after all the stuff that happened in Florida, like remembered a thing that I did in high school and I wrote an article about it. So it's out there now because I was like, I got to put this out there before I put the wall back up. It was a thing that I had participated in. It was a mock school shooting police training exercise Mm -hmm. that they were like, we want to make it the most realistic thing possible. So they were like, got uh, actual weapons loaded with blanks. The faculty was there. All these law enforcement agents were there. And then they were like, 
and we're also going to get students from the acting department to act like they are in the middle of a school shooting to help make it feel more real for everybody else. Wait, was this, was this training for students or for officials? For law enforcement. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all of the local law enforcement, the school board and the U.S. Marshals were there for some reason. They were the only like non-local thing. Yeah. And I had put up like, I think like this real thick concrete blast shelter wall between me and that memory and then once it came out I posted something about it on Facebook and a couple of my other friends who were participating in it too like commented all this other stuff and then like all of these holes are being blown and all this other stuff and I was just remembering all of these details about this super fucked up thing that people made like asked us to participate in but we were just like we're acting students in the middle of Podunk nowhere Louisiana we'll take it like it's a role or something (laughs) this is my big did y'all get paid no it was training where other people were paid to do it i know we were in high school we didn't know about negotiating contracts yet y'all got had go on we we did but so like i've just been like looking back on this and thinking and talking to like all these other people that participated in it and everyone's like been talk coming away from being like yeah no that thing that 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 thing kind of fucked me up a little bit and i'm just like it's bizarre that they asked 15 to 7 year old students to be like listen we're gonna be firing real weapons they're loaded with blanks but we'll point them at the ceiling also um, I need you to make everybody in the room except for the other students think that you're dying and uh, alright go to your spots like it was fucked up and so like I'm uncovering all of this stuff through like talking through all the details and I'm just like this is wild that but that also just goes to show like how little like oversight or like genuine security there is in like Louisiana like people are just like oh you want to like do a mock school shooting yeah we'll get the kids (laughs) oh my goodness I was in a a school lockdown that was pretty serious when I was in high school what happened it it ended up not being someone with a gun, but everyone thought there was a gun, including the principal who like screamed it over the intercom. And so like everything shut down like immediately. And my teacher was a retired Navy SEAL and he had a hockey stick that he'd always like throw his candy to. But the second that it was like a lockdown, he like taped this pair of scissors to the hockey stick and was just like patrolling the doors. It was awesome. I mean, he was awesome. Felt very safe. But this girl had this coughing fit and it was like making everyone uncomfortable so I made her sit in the closet and then it was like two three hours are passing and then people had to go to the bathroom in the closet they had to pee in a trash can luckily I had just gone so I didn't have to do that but it was really terrifying yeah what a silver lining what a silver lining (laughs) shit what was it just a person who wasn't supposed to be on campus or it ended up being it was someone at the middle school and it ended up being like a chef from the middle school or something was cleaning their tongs in the sink someone came in and saw it and thought it was a gun and it became this thing and then the person didn't know that they were in trouble so they were walking to the high school so it was like this whole thing where it was a misunderstanding but every administrator and every student thought there was a legitimate gun threat so it was really scary wow i mean it ended up being nothing and my brother was like oh you guys are so dramatic and you know get over it but i was like well it it ended up being nothing but it didn't feel like nothing we didn't know it was nothing so scary relatable relatable Mm. extra salty (laughs) (laughs) what about you jazz what's got you in a tizzy got me in a tizzy uh i got a fight on facebook with a comic that i respect but uh he referred to me as brainwashed um (laughs) 
He about said, what? He said, the media does this to you every time. They brainwash y'all and you fall for the okie doke. And I just like, I think the phrase okie doke is so condescending that I was like, sir. And like, we went back and forth. Like I'm sharing like legal documents. Basically, long story short, um, Black Panther came out this weekend and it was exciting and fun and it's a good movie and you guys should see it. It's great. That's the end of it. Um, some people are making it into this, this great cultural thing, which I definitely agree with because there has not been African-American representation in um, comic book movies and that's a cool thing for people to see mm-hmm. um, is it necessarily going to be this revolutionary film that changes everything nah. it's it's a movie it's a fictional story so this comedian that I respect but vehemently disagree with goes where was the support for Birth of a Nation have y'all seen Birth of a Nation no okay. no so Birth of a Nation was a story of Nat Turner who was who led a slave rebellion so mm-hmm. that's like real history got it and I pointed out that Nate Parker, who's played Nat Turner in that movie, was convicted of rape, and the woman he raped killed herself. And so that overshadowed his career. He tells me that you've been lied to, just like they did with Bill Cosby. And I was like, not today. Not today. We're not going to have this. I've literally been mad about this for like two days. Is this too serious of a reason to be salty? No. No, We already talked about school shootings. That's true. (laughs) We're we're in the thick of it all episode long. This this was like a fight on Facebook. But I think what bothered me is that he kept calling me brainwashed. And you just want to believe anything negative about a black person. And I was like, I can support black art without without supporting that particular black man. Like if you want to hold, if you want to believe in people and hold them up, you have to hold them accountable. Also, he's not the only black man to do something. Spend your money elsewhere. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you can, I think what happens with disenfranchised communities is people feel like you can't let that one person go, no matter how problematic or bad they are, because it's the best we got. You know, they're doing this. And it's like, no, hold them to a better standard. Because the idea that only one of us can like make it at a time is just stupid. So anyway, also, we can like things. Just let black people be happy and enjoy shit and wear kente cloth. It was very fun. It was a good time <laughs> and I enjoyed it and I just loved everything about it and just to be like fighting about it and it's like who is this movie harming? Calm down. Stop looking for the like there's this thing of like fake woke people on social media like I'll never forget this one. I don't know why it made me so angry. Yeah, you bought a rose gold iPhone but have you rose to your goals? Mm-hmm. Hashtag black America. <laughs> like what? that's the shit I get tagged in that's all day. That's a stretch. <laughs> that's a stretch. That made me so tired. Didn't it? It's exhausting. Like woke black people and then fake woke black people or aggressively woke. It's just take a nap, relax. Like this is so much. There are some. There are definitely some similarities that can be drawn, like in the gay community. Are there uh, between that sort of thing? Like feeling like because your community is like this smaller niche community that for the most part it feels like there's a really large like even though people like will, will support it, there's still like this underspoken like yeah no no we're totally fine like but also like you know then they'll go on Twitter and be like oh this shit's gay when they mean stoop and stuff like that. So like you it it creates this like us versus them mentality mm-hmm. by feeling but then by feeling that like you feel like you're obligated to anytime somebody that's part of your community like it, people try to put like that obligation on you that like oh you have to support them because they're also part of your community and it's like I don't have to support them because I don't fucking like them because just- I'm treating them like a human being and I'm saying I don't like that piece of shit human being rather than just because it's real shitty to say like oh I don't like them because they're black I don't like them because they're gay but 
saying, oh, I like them because they're gay. I'm going to ignore all the other problematic stuff they do where I like them because they're black. I'm going to ignore the person that they raped that killed themselves. That's just doing the same thing, but in a different direction. Like yeah. rather than mm-hmm. being like, I don't like this minority, you're saying, no, I like them because they're a minority. And that still is dehumanizing. Exactly. Because you're not looking at the person as the whole thing. You're reducing them to that one facet. You're of also who they not, are. In, you're not taking into account the art that they're making you're not you're just gonna it's say you like it just because reductive. it's because of who made it instead of what it is like you need to keep in mind the content yeah if you don't like the content you don't have to like it yeah just because you relate to the person who made it that's the that's beauty ridiculous. of the entertainment industry it's the way that maria bamford puts it in her most recent special is she's like we have the free will to abandon each other at any given moment <laughs> all the more compelling and i'm like that is that should not resonate as much as it does but boy does it i don't think i've ever been in a facebook argument really wow one time i got drunk and i did comment on an all lives matter facebook status but it didn't end up in a fight it was just a lot of people supporting me (laughs) good for you and then that was like that was pretty much it i I try to stay off facebook fights i've had managers of comedy clubs say like super borderline um like anti-black misogynist things uh, in response to things i said and then we got into like big charges of fights and then all of a sudden my emails went unresponded to so i've like witnessed like the immediate consequences of having a strong opinion but like yeah why wouldn't you think i'm pro my right to live <laughs> like why would you like why would you think like, literally i just like shared something about um, it was a, a case where a, a young person was killed and it was completely avoidable by the police and the police literally shot into a moving vehicle to stop it and it was like um, two teenagers driving it and they, they didn't have any drugs, nothing was wrong. They just did it. And someone was like, well, uh, we are not going to do this all day. We literally could talk about me and my, you, it is your time. You were here. Sorry, I'm salty about having to explain the simplest Googleable shit on <laughs> that's what it is I am salty about getting into Facebook fights when you can just Google and realize I'm right that's why well, I'll just made- delete something negative like I posted a picture of my mom and my stepmom and I for like National Women's Day or something and one of my mom's friends commented like oh so women should have a day off work this doesn't make sense like she's like a big trumper what and I was like this is like a friendly picture of me and my mom and my stepmom like the fact that the three of us can take a picture at my graduation together Women should have a day off. Like she said, women shouldn't have a day off. It was like this whole thing. And I was like, what are you even talking? It's not related. So I just deleted it. Okay. That's my recommendation. How about you just give me a copy of every PTO request you've made in the past two years and we'll see how many of those hold up. (laughs) I'm like, I didn't say don't go to work. I don't. What are you talking about? (laughs) Is her profile picture an eagle or the. the, the, I hate it. Is her photoshopped onto an eagle? (laughs) (laughs) There's something about patriotism in your profile i'll pick your cover photo that's just too much you red, know like it's, it's like, a red flag yeah it is it's a, a flag is a red flag <laughs> or it's like that like a dirty tattered american flag and they're just like this is what the liberals are trying to make it. and you're just like okay there's no we're we're done here there's no compromise or discussion anywhere involved in this it's like you guys think about the flag too much <laughs> they used to change that thing around all the time that's true like what betsy ross made is not what we have now right didn't she do a circle yeah it was a circle mm-hmm. Because there were 13 colonies. Can I ask y'all a question that's not related to anything really quickly? Yeah. When you criticize a famous person, do you at them or not? 
Ah, uh, yeah. Normally, no. I'm too scared to at them. That's how I got into them. Normally, like, no, because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah, I didn't want Fergie to jump off a bridge, but I just had so many things to say about her performance. I hate Victoria Justice. I hate her. She's a girl from Nickelodeon, and she's not really on anyone's mind, but I have gone off on her before, but I'll never <laughs> tag her in it because she doesn't need to know how bad she is and how limp her arms are. Uh, Victorious was the name of the show. Yeah, that's her. And she looks just like Nina Dobrev, but she's not Nina Dobrev. Yes. The only person and that she I was tagged, on Zoe 101. The only person I tagged directly was Carlos Mencia. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We we had a back and forth, but he was very respectful. So it made I had plenty of good burns, but he was real respectful. It made it not fun at all. <laughs> I said some shit about Lil Bow Wow, and someone tagged Lil Bow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why? He's famous." That's while we were in Laredo. Don't be we were mean talking to about Lil Bow Wow. We were <laughs> talking about why is he on Growing Up Hip Hop LA whenever he's or Atlanta whenever he's been doing shit for the past and however long. No, like I've tweeted about Lil Bow Wow a lot. Actually, <laughs> I had one about just like. See, we all have our people that we tweet about. He just bothers me. Like, so much. I'm just like, when is your overdose? You know what I mean? Like, I just am bothered by him. <laughs> How are you still around? Because every couple of months, he'll pretend he's on a private jet when he's flying Spirit. And I just feel like, <laughs> stop lying to the people. I just, I, I, I couldn't with him anymore when we were watching uh, Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta together. By the way, he's 29 person. and he's in a show about people who are growing up hip hop. <laughs> Someone texted him and they well, put Well, is he the, a father in the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> somebody was texting him and like the text they show it on screen it was somebody asking him where you been he replies with on that grind <laughs> like that's a tangible place so so hope you're joining us today to talk about something you're salty about what is it exactly yes okay um so it's a story from when i was in eighth grade so i've been salty mm. about this for a long time it's a good minute yeah mm, 10 years yeah <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Okay, so the little, I guess the context for this story, should I go into it? Go for it. Okay. All you. I grew up in Cincinnati. In eighth grade, my family moved to Vermont. My like my dad and my stepmom, my siblings, they moved to Arizona, but my mom, my older brother and I, we moved to Vermont. Mm-hmm. My brother went to boarding school, so it was just me and my mom and my new stepdad, who I hated. So it was just the three of us in this like really nice big house for the first time um okay sorry i lost i lost what i was talking about oh and uh we moved partially your house was big and it was my house was big and that that was new for me okay so but i was living in this nice new house and um my stepdad we'll call him jack because that's his name uh he had his daughter come over for a dinner and she I'm lived picturing in, Jack from This Is Us and I'm like how can you not like mm, that guy no picture William Shatner Ugh. <laughs> he, he used to get stopped at the airport because he looks so much like William Shatner mm. yeah he's not cute <laughs> <laughs> so his daughter at William Shatner <laughs> his daughter is like a 30 year old vegan this is Vermont she's a mom and she was a real bitch <laughs> Literally, I didn't know the C word at this point in my life. And then when I did learn it, I was like, oh, like Catherine. <laughs> like my child brain was like, oh. Finally, a Like word. her. Oh, because that, that's how awful she was. Anyway. Damn. Yeah, she sucked. She was like, mm, being a vegan is easy. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, it's 2008. There's like no <laughs> vegan stuff anywhere. Just, pr- just admit that it's kind of hard. Anyway, (laughs) not a good enough reason to despise someone, but 
I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she comes over to our house and everyone's having Indian food. And I don't like Indian food. I'm in eighth grade. I'm a picky eater. I'm 13 years old. I want my little cup of Easy Mac. And I also don't want to be hanging out with my stepdad or his stepdaughter or my stepsister. So I'm making my little cup of Easy Mac. We have one left in the pantry. My stepdad comes next to me. He opens up the microwave where I'm making my macaroni and cheese, adds his Indian food to the microwave. <gasps> no, smells, transfers. Yes. We were talking about this earlier. We're back to Fufu. Was that recorded? No. <laughs> okay, I used to live with two girls from Ghana, and they would make fufu sometimes. And when I did laundry, my clothes would smell like fufu, which is great, but it has a very strong smell. Go on. Very strong <laughs> smell. So he puts his Indian food in with my already being microwaved macaroni and cheese. And so I turned to him, this like 65-year-old man, and I'm like, um, can you at least cover that? Because now my macaroni is going to smell. And he just looks at me and opens up the microwave, takes my macaroni out, and just keeps microwaving his Indian food. After I had been there first. And so... That's some dark dude shit. Just the injustice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I'm not calling it an injustice. It's wonderful. Go on. It's so rude. And so I just proceed to freak the fuck out. I was like, are you kidding me are you kidding me did you, you run up the ruined? stairs and slam a door no oh, we didn't okay. have an ups well we did but <laughs> <laughs> i remember i there was door slamming and i fully freaked out because i was like fuck you i don't like indian food i was being nice by eating this macaroni you ruined my macaroni you're a jerk also just to think that you can do that is take someone's food out of the microwave while you're making it you think you're more important and more important than someone a 13 year old girl it was just so douchey so this really sounds like something that it was like it, it sounds very like reminiscent of like the straw that broke the camel's oh, back oh oh yeah is that what it was it like, was the straw things? it was the straw well what 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 do you th- what was it about him that like kind of led you to like this small so microaggression so many things the breaking point well have you ever met someone and just instantly hated them yeah no no oh. most people feel that way about me and i'm just over here like what's wrong so like no i this is crazy so we my stepdad met my mom because he was my uncle's best friend so okay. it was like uh my aunt and uncle live in new hampshire and so we were all going to new hampshire to spend time with them and they invited their friend jack to like set up with my mom but i did i was unaware of that i just thought he was their friend i didn't know it was like a setup at the time but we go to pick him up from the airport and there's all these bags coming along baggage claim and i'm like 12 years old and so i don't care about germs and i just like have my hands and i'm touching every single suitcase that passes by Mm -hmm. but there's this one suitcase that is so disgusting and greasy and stained that i just lift my hand casually and don't touch it and then i continue touching every other suitcase and then it was this guy's suitcase (laughs) and i met him and i was like Oh, and he had on a shirt that had four pockets, you know, the front four pocket shirts. How? Where do you fit them? It's like one on your boob, other on your boob, belly, belly. What? Yeah. They're horrible. put things in the pockets? Oh, they're all filled. Every single pocket was filled. 
you were right for not liking him. When <laughs> yeah, you met I didn't even right know they made. I just instantly right disliked him, and that's all I can really say is <laughs> I saw him, I met him, and I was like, this man is the devil. My mom ended up marrying him. And I was like, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. He's the devil. To the point where, like, even my dad, who has no stake in how I treat my stepfather, was like, Hope, I've heard you're being really mean to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and, you know, I don't know the guy. I'm like, no, dad, I'm not going to be nice to him. He's like, okay, but Griffin says you're being really mean to this, like, older man. But I was just really, yeah, we really hated each other from the get-go i just knew it because he's just not a genuine person what yeah. what was it about like because i mean like we all like we all make judgments about people based on their opinion that's just something that happens you can't not do it but what was it about him that made him feel not genuine like i'm sure that it went beyond that oh okay yeah that's a great question part of it uh, he had a really bad stutter and a really thick New Orleans accent so like he couldn't even really have a conversation with you without him looking like he was maybe changing his mind <laughs> like cause he'd be like and all of his stories he was a lawyer he's a lawyer from New Orleans his first mm-hmm. language was French he's related to Huey Long you know the yeah. right so he's like from he's from wealth and he just like had this kind of air of like I'm better than you. I'm a really successful lawyer. Like that deep South debutante. Deep South debutante, and he could like talk talk like like this, like he was like <laughs> pulling something over on you. And it was just like so. And I was like just a kid from Ohio, being like, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" Was it also just a little bit of like I always wonder if this with divorce with children of divorce, if there's ever like a piece of you that's just like my life was better when my parents were married, so I'm resistant to anyone who reflects that change. No, not for me. My parents got divorced when I was five, mm-hmm. and I'm hella tight with my stepmom, and like was so happy when her and my dad got married, and like it was very cool about it. Yeah. So it wasn't just because he was not my dad. Like I never thought he was trying to be my dad. It was just he had this air about him where I was like, this is not a good man. This is not a good person. And he would, yeah. He was a lawyer and he was like just kind of always bragging about stuff and he was always touching my mom's ass in front of me. Uh. He would like slap my mom's butt when she walked by and stuff and then he would like just be creepy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like 12. I'm 13 years old. Like, What did your mom see in him? He's really rich and really charming. So everyone was super charmed by him. So we'd go to like restaurants and like the waitresses would be fawning all over him and like... Every, my brother was incredibly charmed by him because he was this wealthy dude who was like buying my mom and my brother presents and stuff. That's the kind of thing that'll make you hate someone when everyone else seems to love them and then you feel isolated in that hate and you're just mm. like, ah, I wish someone else hated this as much as I do. It was just me. Oh, and like we would go to a restaurant and I would sit down and then he'd be like, oh, you need to move because I wanted to sit there. And he would make me give up my spot for him. And I'd be like, Ew. I'm a kid. And you're like a senior citizen <laughs> like it's just stuff like that where i was like even as a kid i was like this isn't right you don't treat you're not treating a child me the way that you should be you should be like sucking up to me a little bit but instead you're just trying to like buy my love which and i'm not having it 
So it's it's the way that you're talking about everything. It sounds very uh, very past tense. Yes, because uh, you're saying would he would do this? He had done that, like all this other. He's stuff. He's not so, dead. He's just okay. dead to me. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> no, I'm, assu- I'm assuming they're not married anymore. Yeah. So my my mom and him got a divorce, like two years. Well, they tried to get my mom like legally separated from him mm-hmm. we're not even legally just separated from him and then he avoided divorce for about like eight years how long were they together maybe four years yeah dang That's and then he just evaded divorce so he would just move wow so like they would send papers to one state and he would just leave so he was just not someone who like took any sort of responsibility yeah. this is a good story this may might explain part of my hatred is he was really trying to buy everyone's love and for christmas one year he brought my bro- he bought my brother this like really fancy hunting gun not that my brother likes hunting but he thought he did so it was sweet he bought him this hunting gun and like a trip for them to go on together and then he bought my mom like legitimately seven coats <laughs> seven coats and a brooch and jewelry and he got me an alarm clock egg <laughs> and that was it <laughs> was it like a Fabergé? No. no, no, it was like a Brookstone alarm clock in the shape of an egg. And everyone had gotten these like really elaborate gifts, and I got like an alarm clock. And we were just kind of like, yeah, we hate each other. <laughs> I love how that little thought that is. It's like you need to wake up. So I'm at the airport, clock. and there's like an alarm clock here. <laughs> I guess I'll get this for hope. <laughs> it definitely has a deep tone of microaggression, like because like that's that's like the thing that like even like because I feel like because I've talked about like similar instances before in the past, but then like I feel like the response when I've been telling similar stories is like people are like, oh, I'm sorry that you got a thing, and I'm like, but yeah, that's the thing is like even though it is like one of those things it's like when it's in the context of like here's this like ritzy thing here's this really nice thoughtful considerate thing and then there's like here's a twenty dollar oh, yeah. gift card and i'm also the youngest <laughs> i was the youngest person in my family so mm-hmm. it was christmas i mean this sounds really bratty but it's like i'm watching everyone open up these gifts and finally my mom's like with this man who's like very wealthy and i'm kind of like oh what am i gonna get and it's like oh you got an alarm clock and like everyone else got diamonds. <laughs> it's, it's a microaggression. It, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, in the form of gift buying. It's like, you know, whatever white people problems. Like I got a bad gift, but it's still <laughs> oh, like, God. Oh, she said it. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, but it's because it's, it, it's like, I, it felt like he was sig- He was, he was signaling you out though. He's, like he's making you a out. point. Oh, maybe he was making a point or maybe he was just an idiot. I don't know. Uh It felt at the time like he was making a point. I was going to ask you. So you mentioned about him evading divorce for eight years Mm -hmm. on a four year marriage. Mm -hmm. And like from the macaroni and cheese incident to the egg, it seems like uh, to the chair, at least with the macaroni and cheese in the chair and the evading divorce, it seems like what he does is he controls people through neglect by doing things that are just mean enough to you that they're not really abusive but when they happen enough they kind of fuck with your head god that's like a cult leader yeah and that sounds very abusive it sounds abusive actually when you yeah. kind of think about it like that like what he was doing at least because my parents did show that to me in my mind the macaroni and cheese thing was this is my house this is my microwave oh that's what he said too and i was like no it's not <laughs> you eat what i tell you to eat or you don't eat at all he was exerting he was trying to he's trying to break you a little and bit. put some power yeah because well this is the thing is that he was never at that house he was always traveling so he bought it and he felt he just felt like he could be in charge of anything that he owned mm-hmm. and so since he bought that house he moved us out there i think he felt like he was in charge of me and i was like you absolutely are not 
Yeah. You have no authority over me. And I don't care that you bought this microwave. It's my microwave because I use it more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he, yeah, he definitely was someone who liked control. And I think probably his power over me was way less so like the way that he hurt me was way less than he ways that he hurt the other members of my family because I never let him in mm -hmm. you know like for my mom and my brother he kind of betrayed their trust but for me I was like you know I don't like you <laughs> I know what you're doing so I, th I think it kind of merits asking uh with I mean with as much detail as you're comfortable like since you were the one who was holding out like this dude sucks let's get him out of here whenever the divorce came along did you uh, ever feel like you had that like I told you so moment or like was it like kind of based on some of the reasons that you were saying that you also didn't like him or the I told you so moment um the last time I spoke to him was when I was in 10th grade and he made a joke about my dog um dying so he made a joke and I, as he was holding my dog my special dog that I've had since second grade and he was like petting my dog and being like oh this dog's gonna die soon as he was petting the st my dog. Aww. And I was just like, fuck you. And I picked up my dog and I never, uh, I've never seen him since. I haven't spoken to him since. But that was the last time that they were ever really together. And I was kind of like, fucking told you so, told you so, told you so. That's why it was so hard, that whole situation on me is because I was a, a minor. Mm -hmm. I was under 16 years old when all of this happened. And so no one was really taking my opinion into account you know like especially yeah. my mom's like in my and he was my uncle's best friend they're like no he's a great guy he's wonderful but really he wasn't he yeah he was having an affair on my mom the entire time Ugh. oh wow I, mm -hmm. I he was, bought his mistress a car the day before their wedding as soon as he said he was traveling all the time and then he was this icky i was just like i was wondering for a second there that is mm. always amazing it's, to me people who cheat in that sense of like investing and cheating like he bought his mistress a car the day before their wedding so he intended fully to continue both relationships and that was the thing so when my mom caught him and was like you know this is over he was like why and she was like well what do you mean why like because you are basically married to two people and he was like so and he wanted he didn't see anything wrong with it he's a sociopath he didn't see anything wrong with it and wanted both the relationships to continue and that's why he was so hell-bent on not getting divorced because he was like it's not bad and we've he's crazy and we've had conversations on the podcast before about like with people who are in multiple relationships and one of the main things i remember them saying is like open communication yeah. and honesty if <laughs> yeah, you're you gonna do just... that it can't be a surprise to everyone it's not a one person decision <laughs> no that's and that's that's control and selfishness and narcissism because it's like you're the center of that you have two women that are devoted to you and then literally by like not allowing your mother to have a divorce for for eight years yeah for years That's for years disgusting. It I, eight might have been a wrong that might be not the right number but too damn long too when you damn get, long it yeah. takes a day to send him paperwork back that's ridiculous and I'm so sorry. yeah he kept doing he kept doing it and it was and it was this whole thing and then my house had a fire and so he was like putting control in that way being like well let me help with this mm -hmm. don't divorce me so i can help with the paperwork it was just like very manipulative and stuff where I was like, do not talk to him. I stopped talking to him 
at 15. So I hope you're really open about a lot of your familiar like things that you've gone through in your stand up, which makes it very funny and fun to experience. Oh, thank you. Do you feel like you're watching your parents and their different relationships um, have affected like your taste in men and how it affects you as an adult? Uh, yeah, I guess. I think I'm pretty cautious. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I've been in stupid relationships too. Like, but I've never been with someone. Well, I think I have a really good intuition about people. So I won't be with someone who, you know, hits me the wrong way. Yeah. And I think I like to get into stuff that is healthy. I've been in some like bad stuff, obviously. I think everyone has. But at the end of the day, like I think ha being a part of a healthy relationship is super important to me, probably in ways that it's not as important to other people who haven't been around negative relationships, you know, mm -hmm. like it's become such a priority in my life, seeing as how seeing the effects that being in a bad one can be. I think that's a good way to segue into what our piece of advice would be. I'm because I'm kind of curious, like. I feel like it's something that we've seen before in the past where people are like talking about situations where they've felt like they have like the right read on somebody, but they're in a situation where like all the other people around them are like, maybe you're overreacting mm -hmm. and it like makes you doubt your gut. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious, like if you could give a piece of advice to people who are in a similar situation where they have a bad gut feeling, but everyone around them is making them doubt their gut, how would you advise people like to balance that like feeling that deep down gut sensation of wanting to follow your gut with balancing it with everything going on around you yeah that's a good question i guess i would say stay angry in <laughs> <laughs> like, like you that hate listen to, to, you. Listen to yourself listen to yourself if everyone says he's great and you know he's not you don't have to bend to their opinion stay angry know that you're right but also know that you are only in charge of yourself and you're only in charge of you can't protect other people from from somebody else mm -hmm. so it's like you can protect your own heart as much as you can but you have to you have to let go trying to convince everyone at some point but i do think yeah stay angry remember Remember to listen to yourself. You are the, you're you're in charge of yourself and you're in charge of your feelings and if you know for a fact that someone is bad and you just don't have the evidence yet, don't let that go just because you're being like pressured even by mm -hmm. your family to trust someone it's almost like it's a form of gaslighting being told to like oh you're not giving them a chance like no i'm seeing the signs it's yeah, like yeah of. it's like i don't have as much at stake here i'm a kid i can just see it yeah i'm not as clouded by it but it sounds like you're really just saying like live in your own feelings because that's what your, for lack of a better phrase, that's your truth. Yeah, it is your uh, truth. But also like don't try to control the feelings of everybody around you because they have a different opinion. And yeah, and if you know someone is bad news, I'm not saying you need to like kind of go all, you know, <laughs> you don't need to like secretly kill them or anything <laughs> like that. Like you don't need to necessarily take matters into your own hands, but you do need to. <laughs> take some matters into your own hands of protecting your own heart and your own well-being. Yeah. Vigilante justice. That's what I was trying to say. Vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't uh. kill anybody. <laughs> 
Oh, well, this was this was an interesting one. We just like really got into the thick of a lot of stuff. Yeah, we was did. it too heavy? No, no, never. Our, this is what we love doing on the show, and we love talking about these kind of things. And thanks for sharing with us. Every people, everybody has like different perspectives and different life experiences, and it was really interesting to kind of get that perspective of like knowing an adult is in the wrong but not being heard, and that was cool. Thanks for yeah, telling us. and it's great. Just a nice end cap for that story is that the man that my mom is married to now, I met him and had the complete opposite feeling and they're totally in love and he's totally the best guy ever. Oh. And his daughter is awesome and not the definition of the C word. So <laughs> it can all work out. It can all work out. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Hey, uh, if people want to get a hold of you or follow you on social media, check out some of your projects. And you got a lot of really cool stuff going on. Uh, oh, yeah. They should check out my web series, Mr. Nice Girls. Yes. You can look that up on YouTube. Jasmine is in an episode. Looking forward to spoiler <laughs> alerts. Yeah. Or you can just follow at Hope Carew. Or at Mr. Nice Girls, which I care a little bit more about. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you guys are enjoying the show, Extra Salty, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Extra Salty Pod. Cast. Uh, Oh, we're podcast. Extra Salty Podcast on Insta, Extra Salty Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Yep, because they have limits on how long. Nobody heard it. Nobody heard Jesus it. Oh. Oh. Don't put broccoli in your ramen. It gives you like real bad indigestion. Um, all right. <laughs> and that's Jasmine's <laughs> advice in the episode. <laughs> Keep it salty. Thank you guys. Bye, guys. International. International.